0: Welcome to another
1: intriguing episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. Margaret Martirosian is the president and executive producer of Anaid Productions. You will have seen those productions right around the world. They are real life television.
2: If we weren't looking at this as a business, it would just be a hobby. We have to be profitable.
0: Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents?
2: It's all about mindset, it's kinda like being an athlete. You wanna make sure that your mindset is such that you can face any kind of adversity or obstacle and challenge and be able to overcome it.
0: We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello and welcome again to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis, and with me once again is my co-host, Fred Keating, but I'm not going to let him talk just yet. I'm going to explain where we are. We are in Vancouver, Canada, which is, of course, one of the huge production centers in North America. So much gets produced here in film and television, and we're here to talk with our special guest. Fred, why don't you tell us who we're here to
1: talk with? I'm not ready to talk yet. You have my permission. Thank you. Margaret Martirosian is the president and executive producer of Anaid Productions. You will have seen those productions right around the world. They are real life television, and Margaret is going to chat with us today about who she is, what she does, how she got where she is today, And then we'll see where it goes from there.
0: Not only is Margaret a seasoned professional in this particular form of entertainment, but she's a seasoned professional in in really anything related to business. And I think that's going to be of big benefit to our listeners.
1: She has a business backbone, that's for sure.
0: And here we are again talking about our guests as if...
1: She's sitting right here. She's
0: sitting right here. So maybe we should just say hello to Margaret.
2: (laughs) I'm sitting here giggling. (laughs) Hi, thank you so much, Marvin and Fred. I really appreciate this.
1: Well, we wouldn't be here, Margaret, if, in fact, you were not as successful as you are. Tell us the Anaid story, because it's kind of intertwined with the Margaret story. We want to know about the company, but we want to know about the woman who founded the company as well.
2: Well, I have to say... um, Part of the whole aspect of monetizing creativity, it has sort of been the impetus for the fact that I'm here right now. I've always been somebody who was interested in creativity. I was kind of born this way, and I wrote my first play in grade five. It was performed by the school, and I went on to to act in all the high school plays problem was that my family was not as encouraging and so what they wanted more than anything was for me to go into engineering or medicine. So having to battle that, I did um, go to college for a couple of years and studied sciences. That was a disaster. Albeit, it really improved my math skills which was really important in the long run. I eventually switched to the arts and graduated from McGill University with a BA in English and Theatre. And after graduating, I moved from Montreal to Toronto with a couple of friends thinking this is where I was going to have my success in theatre. Instead I ended up working for Speedy Muffler King in the bookkeeping department, I have to say. So those math skills came into play (laughs) as well. But uh, my mother at that time was living in Los Angeles, and uh, when I went to visit her, she introduced me to a gentleman named Howard Kazanjian. He is the executive producer and producer of the Star Wars series, some of the Star Wars series, which is very relevant today. We only spoke for less than 20 minutes, Howard and I, but I received some of the best advice from him. I told him I wanted to be a director, and he encouraged me to write and create And if my script was picked up and it was good enough, I could convince the executives to direct my own film. It was either that, or I'd have to move up the ranks through the directors' guild. And so no sooner I had that meeting, I got offered a job in Calgary with a small theater performance group called One Yellow Rabbit. They are now an international success. But at that time, they were very small. And I was stage managing for them. And that stage management role became my profession for about two to three years. And when I was about 27 or 28, I woke up one day, I went, wait a second. Here I am working six days a week for hardly any money and having nothing to show for it at the end of the day. I really wanted to pursue a profession in directing perhaps I should take Howard's advice and call somebody at the Directors Guild and figure out how to get into film and television. At least that way I would have something tangible. And uh, sure enough, the Directors Guild uh, introduced me to a professor. You know, thanks to him, I was able to join the Directors Guild and I was able to produce my very first half hour. I didn't get to write or direct it, but it was my master's degree is the way I look at it. I did sink some money into it, but I learned a lot by producing my very first film. So that was the start of it, but it took another two to three years before I eventually had my own production company. In the meantime, while I was learning all about that, I realized I did need to know something about financing. It was very important. And so I took the securities course via correspondence. Of course, when I received the book, I was in the middle of I don't know how many plays. And I thought, wow, this is Greek. I don't understand it. So I need a tutor. So I got out the yellow pages.
0: OK, and for those of you who don't know, that was before
1: Google, right? Pre-Google.
2: <laughs> <It was> Pre-Google. <laughs> That's right. It was actually a big, thick book.
1: <laughs> you remember books, Marvin. <laughs> of course. Have pages, right? Yes.
0: That you don't have to scroll down.
2: And it was yellow. In any case, I looked up brokerage firms and um, I found a tutor. Now, that tutor happens to be my husband now. So not only did I get a terrific education in financing, but um, I've been married to Brad now for the last 25 years. So,
1: Hang on, I'm just going to make a note.
2: Crazy benefit. (laughs) Become
1: a tutor. Okay, go on.
2: Anyway, so through all of that, my second production, this was before crowdfunding and kickstart, uh, there was a limited partnership financing mechanism that would enable people to, to defer tax, and through that limited partnership, I was able to create a couple of more short films, and that launched Innate Productions.
1: Now at the time, because now the company is so well-known for uh, real-life stories, reality TV as some people call it, what was the nature of the storytelling you were doing at that time? Was it fiction or nonfiction?
2: Well, interestingly, the very first documentary that I did was Ronnie Burkett, A Line of Balance. And if anybody knows Ronnie Burkett, he is the most popular and incredibly talented adult puppeteer probably in the world, I would say. He's an exceptional, exceptional artist. I would say that was probably my very first reality show because it was very authentic to who he is and what he does. And we intercut it all with interviews of him as he's going through the process of building out a show. And at that time, it was called Awful Manners. And um, at the same time, we got to learn... Who he was, it was very aspirational and inspiring. That particular documentary won most innovative documentary for the Conference of the Arts.
0: Now if you could send a message back to yourself back then as to what you really need to know to get into the business and to be successful and what would that be?
2: So looking back, the things that were really important were networking. Having a resource of people around me who understood everything from accounting, legal, finance, to artists and the creative resources. So that aspect of it, any opportunity one gets for networking, one should really take up because those people could become invaluable to your success.
1: And I think that may bring up another arena that you're very well known in, and that is getting out of your own company trench, so to speak, but getting involved in professional associations, getting involved in uh, movements, political, social, and economical, in terms of not only active and progressive change worldwide, but also within the industry. And what a, a brilliant way to network and create new relationships.
2: Absolutely. I can't tell you how important and critical that has been to the trajectory of my success. Back in 1996, in Alberta, I became president of the Alberta Motion Picture Industry Association. And at that time, the premier had basically decimated the film and television industry. We really didn't have any financing or any ability to come to, the, to bring money to the table. We started a whole lobbying campaign and through that lobbying campaign, I met people who then became very important to me later on in my career as well.
0: And I think that it probably bears noting that in many, many jurisdictions around the world, states and provinces and countries and such, that government entities actually provide incentives for film and television production to happen within their jurisdictions. And that's really what we're talking about here, right?
1: Some of which have come into play because of the education process and the networking process that uh, Margaret's describing. Mm -hmm. Every state has a film commission and film commissioner now and uh, is trying to generate business from outside as well as support from within that particular state or region.
0: So you're saying that there there really needs to be a strong local force within the production community that encourages this kind of government involvement?
2: Absolutely. I think those organizations are very key because it's all about a level playing field. And that's what we were looking at in that particular province. At that time, there were other incentives in other provinces, other jurisdictions. And because we weren't able to compete with those other jurisdictions, we were handicapped. And knowing something about finance was critical because one needs to understand everything about access to capital. If we weren't looking at this as a business, it would just be a hobby. We have to be profitable. We have to be able to. It's about the longevity of the work. You can't have longevity in your work if there's no access to capital.
1: You had some other uh, suggestions in, in addition to the networking.
2: I think it's really important, aside from sort of the networking and understanding of finance and business, professional development is really key. Really understanding, first of all, know thyself is my big uh, thing. Know thyself also means if you have to go through therapy, go through therapy. Because a lot of what you have to do is you have to be the best that you could be. And you have to understand that sometimes we have no self-awareness. And we don't know what we don't know. Starting from a place of, I don't know, and then learning is the best place to go because sometimes things don't go your way and you when you think that you know the answers to everything it actually sets you back so being open to that education learning skill set human behavior all of those are really important and integral to everything you do
1: that you've taken some pretty definitive steps in that arena i'm aware of life coaching and and support that you've gotten from other experts in Again, building your own resilience and sense of self. Can you talk about that briefly?
2: Absolutely. I've had a professional performance coach for probably, I don't know, the last... Well, we went through it for over three years. But before that, I did other kinds of professional development with respect to my skills. Everything from budgeting to producing, all the creative aspects of film as well as personal coaching as well. just It's all about mindset. It's kind of like being an athlete. So when you're trying to go for gold and going for the Olympics, you want to make sure that your mindset is such that you can face any kind of adversity or obstacle and challenge and be able to overcome it and not allow for it to set you back.
0: I guess part of what I think I hear you saying is that we all need to have the mindset that we've, we've never truly arrived. You said that we don't know what we don't know. There are other people in our networks who know things that we don't know. And we need to leverage this throughout our careers.
2: Absolutely. This is so important. And I've seen where people have limited themselves and limited themselves in terms of the opportunities that have come their way because of that mindset and sometimes it's lack of self-worth, too, you know, where I'm not good enough or, yeah, I don't know that I can do this. And not be afraid of sometimes you just have to leap into it and trust that you could. Fred, you're or no, no, <laughs> it's just,
1: what you're right. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just remembering what Henry Ford said. If you think, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So you credit this kind of thinking to the success of yourself professionally as as well as your own production company?
2: Yes, absolutely. I think that there have been so many times that that leap of faith has been so important in everything that we've done. You can sit around and you can think, I'll just, you know, wait until they come to me or we've been a little bit more builded and they will come. <laughs> right.
1: That's great. Take the first step and the universe responds.
2: Exactly. And, you know, it's interesting you say that because I always say the universe unfolds as it should, but you got to help it along. Great words to live by.
0: You know, Margaret, this has been such a great experience chatting with you. We'd love to uh, we'd love to do this again. Would you be willing to do uh, one or two more episodes with us? Absolutely. Anytime.
1: Thank you so much for your hospitality and your time and the information. And trust us, we'll be back.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity.